0: So yeah, it's great, great seeing you. I've got my Bucky's, my Lucky Bucky's cup here. You nice. look nice and cozy. You look yes. very, very Alaska going on in here. You got it the is. the Alaska looking coat. You got <laughs> the pigtails. You just came from a five k where like reindeer were in the streets.
1: Yes. No. It's definitely Alaska out today. I think it snowed like oh gosh, over a foot already. So.
0: Wow. I was, uh, I was in the water today.
1: (laughs) Must be nice.
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, (laughs) there's this place called Turkey Creek and it doesn't even look like Florida. It looks like the Midwest or something. You know, Gotcha. Um, lots of trees, this boardwalk that goes out for a mile. Nice. It's just absolutely beautiful. The water was was ice cold, um, but it was still really nice to get in. So, wow. We knew each other at Whiteman Air Force Base. We didn't even know each other that well. Right? I mean like I know. Like we I don't think you were there that long while I was there. Maybe like a year? I
1: think so. I think so. What was it like 2015 I got here in 2018. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, so a while ago.
0: It was a while ago and I I think I met you through Jeffrey Affman who is in Alaska still. Right. Right? Yes. Do you still know him?
1: Yeah, yeah. He actually, he's no longer in the military, um, but I think he has a GS position, um, mm-hmm. still in public health. But yeah, he'll be up here for a while.
0: Well, wow. yeah, I don't think he's ever leaving. Like, I think that's yeah. Around. I
1: don't think so either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what yeah. about you, though? Is are you like loving Alaska, or are you like just itching to get out of there? Or like, how do you feel about it?
1: No, we we definitely love it. Um, my husband actually went. Air National Guard, um, or active guard. So yeah, he wants to stay for a while. But
0: yeah, a lot of people like are afraid to go to Alaska, including myself. And I've been to Isles yeah. for a TDY once and it was like Oh gosh, it no. was not cool at all. Um and but you know, the base that you're at, Elmendorf, right? Right. So when people go there, they typically love it, you know, and i've just i gotta see it like i just have to see it one day okay so we're gonna start with the hero's gauntlet the intro the first three questions all right all right (laughs) all right so here we go this one i've always wanted to ask what celebrity would play you in a movie
1: oh my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know Oh, I'm terrible with celebrities too. I think it should
0: be Scarlett Johansson.
1: Um, I mean, I would love that. I think that we should pick awesome. that. that. That's that's yes. who I would pick for you. There okay. we
0: go. Okay, I just kind of cheated. That aside, her her aside, <laughs> okay. who would you pick?
1: <laughs> oh gosh, um, maybe like Julia
0: Roberts. Well, that's that'd be cool.
1: That's yeah.
0: Although, like, she's much older now, so like to play you would be pretty. would be a stretch.
1: Just aging myself.
0: That'd be <laughs> a stretch.
1: Thanks.
0: Thanks. No, because she's old, the not younger, you. The younger. The younger version. Okay.
1: Younger. Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll, so we'll my pick
0: is Scar Jo, and your pick is a young Julia Roberts. Yes. I like that. No, that's a great yes. answer. Okay, if you could be stationed at any base in the world, let's say you you just orders just drop on you and you had Mm -hmm. to pick you had to leave and it's anywhere in the world which base would you uproot your family and head out to
1: oh gosh um i mean we definitely love it here well oh gosh so two two bases um germany um i think it'd be awesome to be there um And then obviously Hawaii would be really, really nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think those are two of the best bases you could ever possibly get stationed at, which is Hawaii, which is absolutely beautiful. I went there once, um, fell in love with the place. Germany, I've never been there, but I've never heard a bad thing about it. But everyone's always interested in what people are reading, right? So my question to you would be like your go-to book for... I, I'd say like a book that like motivates you,
1: gotcha, oh gosh, uh, this one's hard. these are really hard questions they're
0: hard, oh, you've seen nothing <laughs> yeah.
1: yet, oh gosh um a go to book well, I guess two books that I'm reading right now, well, one I just finished, um which was actually really cool, considering this time of year, um I believe it's called well it's about a guy who um walks the iditarod or runs the iditarod trail um and he he does it 10 times so i believe it's called it's called something about 10,000 miles um but and it actually just started um the yeah the course a couple of days ago um but i just found it interesting because it kind of shows how much you can do with more your mental strength. Um, Like you can keep pushing yourself physically if you're mentally strong, I should say. Um, And then another book that I'm reading right now, um, one of my good friends suggested it to me. It's called Boundaries. Um, That might not be the full name of it, Mm. Um, but it's been really good just because I tend to struggle with um, like family work-life balance. Um, so that's been a really good book right now too.
0: Interesting. What, what makes you struggle with that? Like, what does that look like when you struggle with that?
1: Sure. Um, well, having three kids, um, so my oldest is seven, um, then four, then my youngest just turned a year. Um, and you know, just, I guess, example, um, so like my daughter, she's in first grade this year. Um, like the other day, they had a donut breakfast for parents to go to, um, but it's like at nine o'clock in the morning. So obviously I'm at, I'm at work, um, you know, and just trying to figure out, you know, to go to these things, but then feeling bad because I'm not there. Or then if I do go feeling bad because, you know, I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a lot so- of things like
0: yeah, no, I know. It's, it's kind of like you set yourself up for like a lose-lose. It's like, it doesn't matter yes. where you're at. You're going to feel guilty about one or the other.
1: 100%. Yes.
0: Yeah. That kind of ties into like perfectionism and people pleasing and all those things, yes. which I, I'm like, I have a PhD. In that. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. I'm the freaking man <laughs> yes.
0: at feeling guilty. Like that's my thing. <laughs> I know. No, um, and, I and, uh, that. you know, trying to be a hundred percent for everyone. Yes. And there's those times where like you set up to be a hundred percent for someone. And then like something else happens and you bit off more than you can chew. And then you can't do what you said. You That's like the worst.
1: Yes. Ever, the worst. Yes.
0: Hands down. And like that happened to me like two or three times in a row in the past year to the point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not accepting anything for like, at least oh. six months because I can't, <laughs> I just yeah. can't because um, it's just brutal. But no, I, I deal I deal with that. I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about. So like setting boundaries and yeah, like my, my wife even pointed out, she's like, you don't say no to anyone. Like you never, yes. <laughs> you never have ever. Like if someone says, Hey, can you help me with this? Not once have you ever said no to that. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. I've never said no to that. Like I never have. Yeah. And then you kind of get yourself in trouble sometimes saying yes to everyone. Right. So, no, I think those are both fantastic uh, books, especially that second one. I got to check that out myself. Okay. Now here's a bonus question. It's something that I ask everybody because I think it's very interesting. And this one is your proudest Air Force moment.
1: Oh, (laughs) that's really hard to, um, there's been you know a couple different moments, um, but I think the one that stands out the most was um, during my deployment. Um, I think, yeah, I was an A1C at the time. Um, and I was attached with the Army, which was really neat. And I earned the um, combat medic badge. Um, so to earn that, you have to be providing medical care while actively um, in combat or being fired upon. Um, so we kind of knew going into our deployment, you know, a little bit, what we were getting into, um, and that this could happen, but we never knew how we would react. So I was always worried, you know, if we're in combat, am I going to freeze or am I going to be able to perform my job? Mm. Um, and at that moment, um, well, I, w- I was able to perform my job earning that. Um, so that was my, my
0: proudest combat moment. medic. Yes that wow i like i'm a medic it's kind of sad that i'm not even really that familiar with that metal you know what i mean is it a metal or a ribbon
1: yeah um it so it's army um oh it's army so okay that's probably why is. i wasn't
0: too familiar with it okay
1: mhm yeah but we are able to wear it um where we would wear like our afsc um badge
0: wow. but, that's amazing yeah. like that's that's and i know that i, I know part of what you're talking about cuz um I read the article about it and that's kind of like what I never forgot about you um, specifically <clears throat> it was something you never even told me yourself, but you know, I always, you always stood out in the med group to me cause you're always like radiating this happiness and this, oh, you're just you. that go-getter, you know, that everyone knows is, is going to do big things. You just kind of have that aura about you. Um, and so I always appreciated that about you cause you know, it can get kind of hard in the clinic, especially in Missouri. So you look for people that are, that stay motivated and positive and right. you look for that, you're drawn to that. So, um, that, that definitely stood out about you and you're super nice. I think I met you when I was with Afman, like in passing I think so. and he told me like, yes. Oh, she's super awesome. Definitely. Yeah. You know, be friends with her kind of thing. I was like, cool. Okay. I noted. But what really stood out about you was when I was in that hallway of like team Whiteman members with framed pictures of people who they're, they're mostly like combat related team Whiteman members from, you know, I, I don't know how far back they went, but it, it was pretty far. You know, there are some people I think from like the nineties and stuff on this wall yeah. to present day, which was, a you know, in like 2018 or so. And yeah, you're, picture was on that wall and I, I was like there's no way like that is that that's her like that's the that's the girl from the clinic like what how is she's on this wall of like people who saw combat like how is no one talking about this Is am I the only one that knows this does anyone else know this like you've yeah. never mentioned it um and and I'm seeing your picture I'm reading the story there's like it I think it shows the medals that you earned next mm-hmm. to like your picture, right?
1: Right, yeah.
0: And so that just absolutely blew me away because yeah, you just seem so humble and- and Thank you. In, and all smiles. And it was hard to imagine that you went through something that got you on that wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and then you were still at Whiteman. So it was like, oh my God. And then of course, like when I started the podcast, like you were always one of the people- that I thought about asking to come on because I saw you on that wall and I just Thank wanted to you. know like the story behind all that.
1: Yeah.
0: And Nothing. you know, you brought up your, our talking points. You never, you didn't put that even in your talking points. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't know if it ties into one or not. Maybe.
1: Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like deployment.
0: Bit. Okay. But... Um, and then also on top of that, you're a freaking 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year for the Air Force. Right,
1: right. Yeah, back in, gosh, what, 2012.
0: Which is, that's also yeah. incredible. And Thank you, you kind of helped, like, coach me a little bit because I got close. You know, I was, like, one step away from.
1: Yeah, no, I remember that. Which was, yes, I
0: got to tell you, that Amazing. is one of the most exciting, <laughs> fun experiences yeah. that anyone could ever have in the Air Force, hands down. Like, just the way you get treated, the people that you get to meet and talk to, and it's just, it's life-changing. I mean, really?
1: No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I had no idea it even existed. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I didn't either. I was a tech sergeant and met this guy named Alan (laughs) Cherry who won it and then got stationed with us. And everyone's like, oh, this is Mr. 12 Outstanding. It kind of hurt him, which is a terrible thing to say. I hate that that that's how he was treated, but he was put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And so when he got there, they're like, Oh, look at this guy. And it was like, man, that's tough to show up. And you think that that's going to be a good thing. And it turns out to actually hurt you. Like that's unbelievable to me. Um, But he did, he did experience that, but I had no idea. Zero, really zero idea what the 12, I've heard the term 12 outstanding airmen. I, I didn't know if that was for like a base or like, who who are these people? I had
1: no idea what it was
0: (laughs) until like, and then, and then like, you don't know that there's TDYs and, and there's just so much behind the scenes that you have no idea about zero until you go through it and see it for yourself. And then you're like, okay. And then you meet the people that like graded your package and you're like, what? You read that? And he's like, yeah, I work at (laughs) you know, the numbered air force for global strike. And I, and I'm one of the Raiders and, and then, then you kind of know, and then, and then I feel like it's up to us to tell people about it.
1: Right. No, definitely. You know, so that they can go
0: for it. Um, especially when you know that they have a shot at it and be like, Hey, this is how you do it. This is what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no. And even when I was going through it, um, i mean who do you really turn to for advice because you know it's hard to to find Mm -hmm. that and know what to do when you're going through like all those boards um yeah and what to expect with the the TDYS and whatnot but
0: it's changed it changes a lot too you know like you were talking about like the what you went through is way different way harder than what i did like they were like interviewing you guys um yeah (laughs) whereas for for my group they basically racked and stacked the packages and picked from there. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's no, like they gave us the TDY and, and we got, yeah. uh, had a great time with that, but the decision was already made like before that, you know, it was gotcha. in, in my group, it was senior master Sergeant McAlpin from CE, who was like this, basically like this war hero. And we all knew it would, was the one that was going to go forward. And it was him. And then I think they rack and stack the 12 at the Air Force level. And then he was number one out of that too. Oh wow. Yeah. And now he's a chief. Gotcha. So not surprised there.
1: Yeah. No, very different. Um, yeah, because I think once we got to um to wing level at wing numbered Air Force, MAGCOM, um, and then going for Air Force, there was yeah, a formal board at each level. Um, and then, yeah, I think once we got to numbered air force or maybe it was matchcom, um, it was t- kind of like, a, well, it was a TDY, um, but they had us, um, do like little socials or whatnot where we're in like business casual, but they're kind of graded us during that along with like, yeah, it was different.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. They gave us like polos and stuff. And mine was like, like oh, a nice. double XL. And I was just looking like, <laughs> oh, no. It was a nightmare. I was like, oh my God. Oh, no. I had to like tuck it in. It's like all like yeah. puffy and like the sleeves. It's like a short sleeve, but it's like down to like my forearm. <laughs> I don't
1: know what to do.
0: I looked at the tag. I was like, please don't be Gildan. Please don't be God. No. Oh, my
1: gosh. It was Gildan. So that was
0: it. That was it. I-, I wasn't going to get picked just from my appearance in that polo. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was over at that point.
1: That's so funny. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's hear a little bit about Bree, okay? I hear the Joy. accent. I hear, uh, I feel like you're a Packers fan. I don't know. I just, is that, are you a Packers fan?
1: 100% a okay. Packers fan, yes.
0: I thought so. I, I, I heard I heard a little bit of the <laughs> Wisconsin accent yes. in there.
1: Yes, no, I don't think we have a choice but to be a Packers fan. Um, right. Yeah, growing up near Green Bay.
0: But yes. It. My family's from West Virginia and they're all Packers fans too because they just they just picked the team. I
1: love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: they liked uh, Bart Starr, I think was the okay. quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they're they have all the having a Packers themed basement was all their life goals and they've and they've accomplished it.
1: I love this so much.
0: Yeah, That's and I so and when they would lose I'd see them crying and I was like I just was like, "What? Why is my uncle yes. why are they crying?" No, Um, it's intense. And then I was there in West Virginia visiting when Brett Favre, you know, won the Super Bowl, and that was like,
1: oh
0: yeah, we it was just it was nuts. Yeah, I mean he was basically Jesus. Like, (laughs) I I mean basically,
1: (laughs) basically for us um, Wisconsin people, it,
0: it was great. We went out and played street football, and we got like way too into it. Yeah, it was a it was a great time. Um, but let's hear about you, your upbringing, your childhood just a little bit about who you are and, you know, what led you to joining the air force.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm the oldest of three. I have two younger sisters. Um, and we grew up, um, near green Bay. Um, so, and my family has season tickets Well, my dad has them. So yeah, we'd go to Packer games all the time. Um, went to a fairly small, um, Catholic high school, um, I think my graduating class was like 60. So just really small town. Wisconsin. That is very small. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I went to UW Milwaukee um for a short period. Um, but I was kind of just lost at what I was wanting to do in life. Um, I was going for elementary education at the time. Um, and yeah, just a lot of people graduating. Um, I know we're having trouble finding jobs. And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, having student loans, not really being 100% passionate about it. Um, so a friend of mine, um, she was in the class above me. She joined the Air Force. I think she was security forces. But anyways, I reached out to her and she's like, no, it's great. You can go to all these places. And I want to say she was at like Montana in like a missile silo or something. So Dang. she was just like, just don't choose security forces. I'm like, OK, sure. Um, She's
0: like, every other job is so fun, but yeah, yes.
1: every other don't, base too. Oh, me, I know, um, foreign.
0: It's foreign. Okay. So it's like a medical technician. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So yeah, what bases have you been to then as a foreign?
1: Sure. So I have been to, um, Barksdale was my first base um, and I deployed out of Barksdale um, and then Whiteman. Um was my second base. And then here um at Elmendorf you know, So you haven't
0: been in that long.
1: Uh 13 years.
0: Okay. A decent bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, I didn't realize like when I met you, that was only your second base. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But so yeah, I was deployed with the army. Um, we were doing missions, a uh, convoy missions in Afghanistan. Um, and I had been there. Um, oh gosh. About six months at the time. So yeah, we were getting ready to leave. So it was my last convoy mission actually. Oh wow. Um and we were traveling back to Bagram at the time. Um and we switched to night ops because it was just getting a little a little busy. Um and yeah, I want to say it was maybe like two o'clock in the morning. Um, we started taking a uh, small arms fire. Um, and then
0: how did you know you were uh, taking that? Are you hearing like bullets bouncing off your like vehicle? Like how, how like run me through that.
1: Sure. So no. Um, and I think it's just because the vehicle, like the armor is just, I don't know.
0: It was like a, uh, in the I article I read, it. it said it was like IED proof. Like it was uh, a yeah. very armored vehicle that you were in.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we would take um, fire at times and we wouldn't know until, mm. you know, we'd get to the fob and we'd look at, and we'd see like, you know, where bullets were hitting the the armor. Um, and we just didn't know, I guess. Um, but um, we ended up, uh, well, I think at this point I knew cause my gunner started shooting back. And as soon as he started shooting back, um, we were hit with an RPG that went into our vehicle um probably less than a foot um, from my left arm and then went directly through the seat in front of me. Um and so um fortunately, like everyone was good. We had um like minor injuries, mostly shrapnel injuries. Um, and then afterwards dealing with like TBI type injuries from that.
0: Wow. Um, so like w- yeah. how did it get how did an RPG get into this vehicle?
1: Right. So that's a good question. Um and I mean, I guess, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about um, you know, talking with like EOD and whatnot. They're like, there's no way it could have went through. So um I don't know if maybe like it was part of it or, or what it was. Um, But yeah, my, my uh, med bag was sitting on that seat that it went through. Um, And I mean, there's a decent size hole through it and you could see it from side to side. So I'm not, sh- yeah, I'm not sure exactly. So maybe but- it like
0: hit and disintegrated and kind of just flew in with pieces, you know, Yeah. it sounds like, so yeah. When that happened, was it like jarring? Did you know immediately that something entered the vehicle or was, or was it completely like you were just completely disoriented and had no idea like what was happening?
1: Um, I think it was a little, a little of both. I felt like time was moving um, just really slow at that point. Um, and then, you know, it was the middle of the night. So everything was dark Um in the vehicle they ended up turning on like a red light so we could see see around without you know I guess them being able to see what was going on in our vehicle um the driver was still driving at that point and it was just like you know super smoky um inside um and that's when um yeah I just started looking around and then I grabbed my bag and I like felt that there was you know that hole so i'm like oh gosh like i don't want to mess with this because i don't know if it's in here or not like anyways right like um, you didn't know
0: like what made that hole what was, was it yes. still sitting in there about to go off right okay
1: right um but yeah thankfully um yeah and the person that was sitting in the back with me um more yeah just you know minor like shrapnel injuries um And then our gunner ended up getting down at the time and I saw him laying there. Um, So, you know, my focus went to him um, and, you know, talking in our our intercoms with the the driver and the, um, like the truck commander um, position um you know they're like oh he, you know he, he's breathing he he's good you know he just got down his ankle really hurts i'm like okay well that's you know we we can deal with that um and then um yeah like everyone was kind of choking on the the smoke and and the smell that that came from it um so yeah, mostly just, you know, trying to hand water up, um, bandages um, to help with like the bleeding. But again, like we got super lucky. Um, nothing, nothing like a huge concern. Um, so so if someone was so, yeah. sitting
0: in that, that seat, that would have been a concern. Was that seat empty?
1: Right. It oh, was wow. just, okay. just my bag was was on the seat. Thankfully.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is lucky. Holy cow. You don't usually hear stories like that where people get lucky you know so that's yeah. really it's really i'm glad to hear one where you did get lucky you know what i mean um yeah. so yeah so it sounds like the vehicle was was still drivable then and so yes. i'm I'm guessing that the, the it was just a full panic on like we got to get the heck out of here kind of thing
1: yeah yeah
0: right yeah okay um
1: yeah. So we just um, yep kept driving. And then at one point, um, I guess where we would hang up um, like our bags on the side of the vehicle that was on fire. Um, so one of the other trucks came and put the fire out for us. Um, so we stopped briefly for that. Um, and then we just kept driving until we could get to the closest um, fob. And then we were medivac out at that point. But-
0: so do you think like during all that chaos you were like uh, you know earlier you said that you were kind of like dialed in on like acting instead of like freezing
1: right yeah um i mean i guess i mean cuz i i go back to that time a lot not as much anymore um but you know there were certain things that i i wish i would have acted faster on um and you know, I guess there wasn't a whole lot that I could do more with like medical care. And so my thought was, well, if the gunner's down, someone should be up in that position. Um, And I did try to get up at one point. I think I tried maybe a couple of times, but my left leg um, hurt really bad. And I didn't really know what was going on. I mean, it was bleeding and I knew later on it was just shrapnel, but I'm like, oh, this could be worse um and you know so i didn't push myself to get up into that position whereas you know i would look back on that and be like man i wish i would have done that but i mean mm. everyone was safe and everyone got out well
0: right and plus being at night you know right you could have looked up there and saw nothing you know but just right. darkness yeah um so the that shrapnel to your leg is what led to you earning the purple heart that i'm guessing
1: Right. Yeah. When, that, when yeah. that
0: shrapnel hit you, like that sounds insanely painful, but I, with adrenaline and all that, was that one of those things where, you know, something hits you, but it's not like overwhelmingly painful until, you know, later on when the stuff like dies down.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, I don't remember. Um, the only pain I remember was when I was trying to stand up. Um, yeah. And I had some shrapnel, um, in my arm and, um, like my face and my chin. Um, And the guy sitting in the back, he was like, doc, doc, your face is bleeding. I'm like, I don't feel anything. Like it's not hurting me. Um, And he's like, yeah, there's so much blood. And I mean, it wasn't that bad. I think he was just like, just very concerned. Um, But yeah, I didn't really feel any pain um, at that point.
0: Holy cow. That's, that's just, that's scary. I didn't know you were hit with that many, like pieces of metal isn't that that stuff's like hard to get out of you isn't it
1: yeah so um they only ended up removing one piece and it was the piece that was in my chin um and then the rest is is with me and no it's kind of neat because the trucks were were made in wisconsin so i'm like oh i have wisconsin with me but yeah
0: wow that is that is intense i i i mean i hear that and i just think like you're you're just a hero to me in my eyes like just because it's, it's an, it's an intense thing to go through. You know, you didn't ask for that to happen to you. It just happened to you. But, you know, just the way that you go about your life now, I think is, is really inspiring. Cause you know, that's, that's a tough thing to, to live with. You know, it's a tough thing to keep serving too. Um, So I know it's probably not easy and it probably, you know, haunts you in certain different ways and different aspects, but I'm proud of you. And I, I, I think you're a hero. I'm, I'm being for real. Like I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. So let me know, uh, when you, when you got back, I saw a picture of you guys like getting awards, like pinned on you. It looked like you guys were, you know, had a moment to reflect and kind of celebrate that everyone was okay. Um, was that like a, like a week later, a month later, like when did that take place?
1: Yeah. So, um, Yeah, after I was medevaced um, to, you know, a larger facility, um, they held me there for a little over 24 hours. um, And that was mostly because of, you know, TBI symptoms. Um, So after that, I want to say a day or two, I flew back to Bagram. um, And then so within in that week, we had um, a large ceremony. Um, and everyone, you know, received the medals that we earned. Um, And then I think we left the week after that. So it was really fast.
0: Wow. That's like a whirlwind, right? Like,
1: yeah.
0: And then did you, you know, at what point would, like, did you go straight home to Wisconsin? Did you go back to Barksdale? Was it that you were at at the time? Mm -hmm. Like, where did you head from, from there? Like, I'm just curious, like, was there like your family, like, oh my gosh, we have to like meet you at the airport. Like, run me through like the return and, and how that felt like going back to the U S after being in this other country where people are literally trying to end your life.
1: Yeah. So, and that's actually why we ended up in Germany. Um, so it was um, kind of to like decompress, um, get back into normal living. Um, and so the group of medics, um, cause there were three different locations that we went to in Afghanistan. Um, and we all went through, yeah, Germany afterwards. Um, so we got to see some people that we hadn't for a bit cause they were in different locations, um, and kind of talk about our experiences, how we were feeling. Um, we had, you know, mental health there, Um, and, but then they also took us, um, to, I forget the village name, but just, you know, to get back to, you know, wearing civilian clothes and like seeing people, seeing people happy, um, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, so then after that, yeah, I returned back to, um, Barksdale and, um, there was family, um, and coworkers, um, at the airport, um, coming home and, um yeah, it was it was kind of difficult to you know to take everything in and I felt like things just were happening so fast, um, you know, towards the end of the deployment. Um, and then I actually ended up going on a trip with my aunt and her friends um to Florida um for I think it was like a week or two, and that was really nice just to yeah, decompress the beach, <laughs> have some sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then returned, yeah, back to Barksdale um after that. But
0: gotcha. Yeah. So how was your I mean, your coworkers had to have been like wow, like you were what rank were you?
1: Um I was an A one C.
0: A one oh, C. That's un, <laughs> that's just unbelievable that you went through that as an A one C. So like they they their minds had to have been blown, like, you know, here you are you know, young airmen just trying to, you know, do a good job. You go on this deployment. Everyone's like, oh, you'll be okay. You'll be good. You know, the things that people say. And then you get back with a freaking purple heart. Like, did, were their minds like blown that? Like, because you don't usually know an act. I don't. I've been in 17 years. I've never, I've met maybe one person, one or two that were still serving that had a purple heart. It's it's very rare. Um so how what was their reaction like like your your med group
1: yeah um i think i think people just didn't really know you know how to address it um and i think yeah like people were kind of afraid to talk about it not knowing you know how i was Um, but, you know, thankfully I actually had a really good friend. Um, she, she was a senior airman at the time. She was deployed with me kind of like we went through all the training together. Um, she was just at a different location and she actually returned, I think a week prior, um, than I did back to Barksdale. Um, so I had her there and, um, you know, she, she helped with, with a lot of things and that way, you know, we can kind of talk about things that we have are dealing with, things we've seen. Um, she was actually injured, um, on deployment as well. Um, so like TBI type, you know, things we, we just got to, like, I was just very happy to have her there. Um, and I think, yeah, it helped with others not knowing what to do or say,
0: mm. you know,
1: to us at the time.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, uh, <clears throat> and I know this from talking to people on this podcast that, you know, going through something traumatic can actually make you very isolated because people's normal reaction is to try, you know, they're trying to either, they don't know what to say. Like, there's just not, they're just not emotionally there to ask. Right. Or they think asking will make it worse or checking on you will remind you of it and just like set you off or something. And so they yeah. say, you know what, I'm sure someone's talking to her. Someone's checking on her. I'm just going to leave her alone. But then everyone saying that is every single person then leaving you alone and not asking. Right. And I hear that time and time again. Yeah. So did you feel like you were a bit isolated because it was a hard thing to talk about?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for, I mean, I had my good friend that went through similar things. Um, and that's when I also started finding out about, about the um, the wounded Air Force Wounded Warrior Program. Um, and there was a retired chief um, in charge of it um, at the time at Barksdale. And so she would check in on me. Um, so, I, I mean, I did have people. It just was very, very few. Um, mm. Yeah, and I mean, even family too, you know, not because my family, we don't have any really military background. So I I just think, yeah, people didn't know what to say or ask or whatnot. Yeah.
0: And it must have been kind of jarring too, like being back in like the normal Air Force job, I would assume. Like, you know, you just went from this real world mission and and strangers trying to viciously kill you to, hey, did, did you do your CBT? You know, it's like, it's yes. like, this is, this is crazy. Like, you know, I can only imagine, um, I felt that way with Honor Guard and I know it's not even a comparison to what you went through, but, but what I'm saying is like, I felt, yeah. I saw the families, I was there for real people who needed me. And so it felt a bit more real world, I guess, um, no than sure. like, Hey, did you do your time card? And, yeah your dimmer's eye you know is messed up and where's the you're you're late on this cbt and of and it's just like it just kind of seemed it just seemed ridiculous to me like yes like getting no. so okay. hung up on those things like like it's the end of the world if we don't yes. do it you know what yes. i mean how, how did how did you respond to it? like did you feel that way and how did you like you know go on with your life knowing the real world aspect of like the air force like big air force in war
1: yeah no definitely um no I definitely struggled with that um and I mean I kind of smile and laugh looking back because um you know I guess I didn't have the greatest mentality you know coming back and being told because to me I'm like this stuff doesn't you know I know it matters but Coming, yeah, coming from what we were doing on deployment, I'm like, who cares if I, you know, didn't submit my time card, um, you know, on time, and yeah, so I did, I did struggle, you know, with just like, I don't know, those kind of things at the time, and it, it took me a while, I think, to, you know, becoming like an NCO and whatnot. I'm like, now, you know, I do understand why we do these things, but at the time, I'm like, I, yeah. Mm. Did not understand.
0: It must have been even harder as an airman now that I think about it. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for sharing that with me. I've always wanted to ask you. Of course. I probably just I didn't know you well enough to um and I kind of fell into that pool of people that I just described. Like I didn't, I didn't I wasn't emotionally, I didn't have emotional intelligence, you know what I mean, to ask those things. Um and now I know better. Now I know that it's owning that story, talking about it, you know, ultimately that leads to like healing, you know, in my experience. And so thank you for sharing that for real. And, and I, and I genuinely think that you are a hero and I look up to you and I'm very, very proud of everything you went through and who you are today to share the story. You know, I think you're an inspiration for people that, you know, have PTSD and trauma, like you're, you're still kicking butt, you know, you're still doing great things. And so we're, we're all proud of you. Thank you. So struggles, we're going to go, we're going to change it up a bit. We're Mm going to go into struggles with testing for rank, Mm -hmm. lacking promotion statements and step promotions. Okay. (laughs) That, that threw me when you, when you, you know, picked that, I was like, Hmm, I know you got a step promotion, which is, obviously well deserved um but yeah what what about struggles with testing for rank and the promotion statements and that whole process you know is near and dear to your heart what's your thoughts on it
1: sure um yes so it's well it's kind of you know funny because i was actually talking to one of my airmen um about it the other day she is going um up for her first time for you know staff sergeant and, you know, I really hope she makes it. And, you know, she's like, I have to make it. There's like, I have to, and, you know, she was tearing up and she, you know, she's like, I, you know, I really want a promotion statement. I I just have to make it. Um, you know, and going back, I remember having that same mentality. Um, and part of me still has that, um, mentality that, you know, like, obviously I want to make rank every time. And I hold myself to these probably kind of crazy standards. Um, but, um, I feel like, you know, I've, I've kind of learned and I am still learning too, that, um, you know, your rank doesn't, you know, define who you are. Um, but yeah, at the time, cause I didn't make staff the first time. And I think because I was, you know, holding myself to like, I have to make it, I have to make it. You know, I go in, and I take my test, I'm like, I don't even know what I was reading because all I could think of was like, I have to make rank.
0: Like that's um, a different kind of anxiety. Like, yes. if like <laughs> yeah. this is how you know you have test anxiety that you <laughs> you plan more for like your study plan than actually studying. And then when you try to actually study, you have so much anxiety that you can't even absorb <laughs> the information.
1: Right. Yes. Um, that's brutal. Yes. And uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's close to me because, you know, I've wanted that. Like I, you know, I push myself to do well every time and, you know, but it's also humbled me because I haven't made rank, um, you know first time every time and making tech was actually really really challenging to the point where I did have to get step promoted because I wasn't i want to say I tested maybe four three or four times four times maybe for tech um but and then that was also you know coming in too with like having these um t b i um symptoms and having to um yeah, just rework on, you know, how to study. And cause, you know, prior, I really wouldn't have to study very much. I had a, um, you know, good picture memory um, and I was very, you know, blessed with that. Um, but now having, you know, just struggling with these things. Um, so what is, what I,
0: are the symptoms um, of a TBI?
1: Sure, um, so for me, um, like my memory, comes into play with that um and you know that gives me anxiety too because when it comes to you know things that the air force requires of us like giving speeches or um testing you know i'm just i'm not where i i was at one point with that um and so yeah just mild um tbi type symptoms um but that's so it's, been, it's hard
0: um, I'd like the short-term biggest. memory and absorbing in your whole right. prior study plan you kind of realized was out the window and you had to find a different way.
1: Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely struggled, um, with that. Um, and then also, you know, getting promotion statements. Um, I mean, I know they're very hard to obtain, like we, you know, I'm with, peers that are doing amazing things. And, you know, and then that falls back, you know, into my like work life balance. And, you know, it just was not in my path, you know, to get that. Um, but, and what I, you know, try and share with my airmen is that, you know, you just need to, you know, do you. And even though I did not have those, um, you know, I guess you know. Thankfully, someone saw something in me, and my bullets, you know, read strong enough to be step promoted. Um, and it just blew my mind that that would even happen to someone that you know does not have perfect, you know, promotion statements and you know these perfect EPRs or whatnot. Um, you know, and I've been learning a lot of that lately too. That you know, you know, even if you have a mark over, it doesn't mean you're you know you're not a good airman um but yeah
0: yeah that's it's tough it's very tough um and I'm I'm pretty competitive and yeah (laughs) I I think most the military is but I I don't know like I I didn't I guess my for me personally I didn't care for many years like I thought I was going to get out I, I really didn't care and I wasn't trying and I was actually afraid to try and I had all this anxiety and when you met me, I was kind of just starting to like come out of my shell, like at that point. Prior yeah. to that, I was I would not talk. I would not speak my mind. I'd try to fly under the radar. You know what I mean? So I was mm-hmm. just coming into my element. And I think for me personally, once it finally clicked, I knew I wanted a career and I knew what I my, what my potential was. I was almost like trying to to like catch up. You know what I mean? So I was trying like yeah. twice as hard, three times as hard to like, because now I'm like, crap, now I need to make rank. I need to like make this happen. And so like, it was kind of a bit of an overcompensation, I think. Um, but here's one of my rules. If you're ever in tears from trying to make rank, you've gone too far, in my opinion. No,
1: I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like you put all your eggs in that basket and, and you set yeah. yourself up for failure. And I broke down... I had a damn mental breakdown. I, I don't think I've ever said this on any episode, but I'll say it on this one. Um, And even like the general signed my EPR because my boss was a colonel. So like, even I had that, I, like even that person knew me. And so I thought like, I got this. I was 100% certain that I put in the work and, and I did everything everyone said. And mm-hmm. even with all that, it did not happen. Um, I did not get the promotion statement like it went to the wing cause we didn't have enough people. And I think they picked like the top seven and they said I was number eight and chief Robbins called me. I was at a Starbucks. And I think I took the day off cause I didn't want to be at work cause mm-hmm. I cared so much. Like I, I <laughs> went off the deep end. Like I was all my eggs yeah. were in this <laughs> basket. I was in nut job mode. And he called me and was like, Hey man. Yeah. uh Sorry, bud. I just, it it didn't work out. And I was, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but I started like kind of arguing with him, like it mm-hmm. would change anything like, but, mm-hmm. but you know, how, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. I, and, 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 like, I'm talking to like a chief here, but like, I did not care. <laughs> yeah. I was in like full nut job mode. And like, as I was walking out of the Starbucks, like I dropped my coffee, it explodes on the ground and I was oh, no. just like weeping. I was basically having like a panic attack almost. Not not full-blown panic attack, but definitely close to one, kind of heading in that direction because I, I cared that much. And it's like, why? Like, if you care that much about something that – is out of your control. I, I, I probably wasn't caring about it for the right reasons, right? If I cared about it so much that I was letting it make me have a mental breakdown, then am I do I want it for the right reason or do I want it because I think I should have it because my ego says I should have it because my buddies that I went to tech school with are master sergeants and I feel like shit about that. Are those the reasons why I'm trying and, and I care that much? And the answer is probably... Probably. I think if you want to make it just to do a good job in the Air Force, you wouldn't have a mental breakdown if you didn't make it. You know what I mean? You just say, darn, I'll try harder next time, you know, and you'd move on. But I just got so tied up in that rank. Um, And and I think I think my problem at the end of the day, my problem was that I tried too hard. I think that was it because the people that got picked uh, from the med group were not on my level. They were damn good, but I was, I saw their EPRs because I got to review them as the exec. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I outdid them and yet I still wasn't picked. And I think the answer was because I basically turned into a jerk that year, you know, and, and that's one of the rules I live by now. And I tell people, no one promotes a jerk. If you're a jerk, yeah, if you're a jerk,
1: sharing that
0: they're not, they're going to kick you to the, they're going to find a reason to disqualify you. You know what I mean? They're not going to hand a stripe to an asshole.
1: Yeah, no. And I, but I feel like so many could relate to that though, because I mean, it is competitive and you know, you just, you put so much in your, of yourself into it. And then I feel, yeah, you, at one point, I don't think you start wanting that, but you just keep going and going. And then you're just like digging this hole. And then all of a sudden it's like, promotion is everything and yeah yeah and you yeah. yeah you do you turn into kind of a jerk because you're just so focused on no I mean because I I can relate to that yeah okay,
0: do, do you have any uh did you ever have a mental breakdown <laughs> um,
1: I mean you're I, like I, no I loser uh, I didn't but sorry were, but there were tears there were definitely right. tears yeah
0: It takes a lot for me to cry. If I'm crying, it's a mental breakdown. Yeah.
1: Yes. (laughs) No. And that's how I feel. I'm like, if there's tears, this is serious. So yes, there have been tears of a rank
0: (laughs) run me through the worst time you ever found out you did not make rank.
1: Oh gosh. The worst Um, time. Sure. Actually I do. Yeah. Um, So it was when I found out I didn't make stuff for the first time so that, that's
0: what set you off
1: it it did so uh well, I won airman of the year, well, so i guess I yeah, it was an expectation butt. at that point um so yeah i i mean i don't I would agree kind of what with what you were saying it wasn't necessarily you know for the right reasons, it was you know I was embarrassed not to make it like I had to make it um. And, you know, I wanted those responsibilities, but I don't even think I grasped quite what an NCO was. I just, I wanted that promotion. Um, And so, yeah, I found out I didn't make it. And I had a TDY coming up um, shortly after. And on that TDY, I had to um, talk to an ALS class. And so, you know, how embarrassing that I'm, you know, talking to this ALS class. All that have line numbers, you know. And when they asked me, they're like, "Did you make staff?" I said, "No."
0: So Oh my god! That, was, that is
1: <laughs> the worst. The okay, worst.
0: my story again. My story does not <laughs> even hold a flame oh. to yours. My god, you're—that's like when America <laughs> lost the like the basketball Olympics, which no. has only happened like one time.
1: Oh. And then the, the team
0: that beat them was asking for their autographs. <laughs> oh, but yeah, <laughs> they're was, like, you guys are the best. Like, nuts. can I get your autograph? Like we love you. And like, they just whooped oh, their butts right. and it was like, this can't be happening. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it definitely humbled me. Um But yeah, that was, that was, Man, that
0: is rough. So
1: moment.
0: yeah. For people who don't know what she's talking about, basically, there's people that are in this class because they've made the rank that that she was going for. And then based on your story, I'm guessing from your deployment, mm-hmm. they asked you to be a speaker at their as part of their ALS curriculum. Um, right. And then, of course, they want to know if you made staff or not. And they all did because they're in this class. Right. So the person that they look up to and asked to be a speaker didn't. Wow. Did you still do the speaking thing?
1: Um yes so while well, I I still um yeah I spoke there and I did have the opportunity later on to speak to another ALS um class and I got to speak um I was the guest speaker for their graduation which never being through ALS I didn't know what that entailed um
0: Oh that's a big deal. So
1: but I think that was good because I would have been really really nervous. Um but thankfully I had you know good mentors you know to help me and prepare that speech. Um, but no really good opportunities. It just was on my part mm. hard.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So did you ever get to that point with tech Sergeant? Cause that sounds like it was super frustrating for you. Cause you, I mean, I think anytime past three attempts, it, it starts to get real old. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no. And it, yeah, it was definitely challenging because I was I was very close. I mean, not close like, you know, a point away, but within 3 points. Um and, you know, I, and I also thought it was hard too because I was scoring I mean, the best I'd ever scored on these tests and but without that, you know, promotion statement, you know, you're trying to score, you know, even higher. Um and I think it was very hard seeing um peers or even those that were you know beneath me then passing me up um and yeah I want to say once it got to I think it was like three or four um I mean it got a little easier (laughs) because you just keep (sighs) you keep missing it um but yeah yeah no it was that was a a struggle but
0: and then and then let's talk about the step promotion you got the I mean, which I, I'm so happy for now that I like I've heard yeah. your story and, and all that, like, I'm so glad you got step promoted. Thank you. And I saw that happy moment, like you were legitimately happy. Like,
1: yes, like yes. they surprised no, you. Was, your
0: mind was blown. You were I, I think you were in tears.
1: I was. No, I, I definitely <laughs> cried for that moment. Um, One, because, you know, I didn't really think I had you know, much of a chance, um, you know, in my mind, you know, I had decent EPRs. I was rated well, but not everyone was rated perfectly. Um, you know, I didn't have promotion statements. So I'm like, there's just no way, um, you know, but, uh, my chief is the one that put me up for it. And, you know, I'm like, I'm just so like happy that you would even consider, you know, this, um, not even thinking it, it stood a chance. Um, so, it was yeah our wing commander came in and you know she does um or she did a like warrior of the week where she would coin airmen um so they set it up and they coined my airmen and they're like who's this airman supervisor and you know they call me up front I'm like oh great (laughs) now I get to speak my favorite thing um and then she started asking me questions on why it was taking me so long to make rank. I'm like, Oh, how embarrassing. Dang. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like all my leadership, my peers are here and like my face is red. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying, like I'm giving it my best, but just, you know, it's not been in my path. And so finally um, she's like, well, the reason I'm here um, is because you know your rank is what out of uniform or whatnot and at that moment like it all sunk in and yeah mm-hmm. I just started crying and then she's like you know who do you want to pin it on and they were trying to get a hold of my husband at the time but he was on a moose hunt so like, he's not even there um so then I, I asked you know the chief obviously that put me up for it um but yeah no I did not see that one coming wow. at all
0: that's too that cool
1: amazing moment yeah
0: congratulations I know it's Thank been a, a minute but <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> now that I know the whole you know you're more about you I'm very very happy for you so congrats Thank on you. that very well deserved um how do you feel about making master sergeant
1: oh gosh um well I'm trying to not to quite you know I'm trying to let my path take me to where I need to go um so this is my first year that i'm eligible for master um but it it is definitely it's hard not to yeah like go on that route where like i have to make it um and there there's been a few moments and my supervisor you know she'll keep me in check that you know again like my rank doesn't define me i you know my path will will take me there at, at some point hopefully um but yeah.
0: Well, good luck to you.
1: Thanks. <laughs> I'll need it.
0: <laughs> My advice.
1: Yes. I'll take any and all advice.
0: Special duty that yes. That no, will do that it.
1: Would be amazing.
0: Someone told me why special duty helps so much. And when he told me, I was like, oh, snap, that makes sense. So he told me it helps because I did not want it anything to do with the special duty. I was like, I don't yeah. know why. Like, why would I yeah. Like it just seemed like a lot, you know, and it is, it, they, no,
1: it does. Yeah.
0: They all are a lot. Um,
1: yeah.
0: and he was like, well, think about it. Like you need a strat, you need a, the stratification of like the promotion statement to make master because it's so competitive. So you have to have that. And you know, what better way to justify, you know, being stratted when you had to be stratted to get the special duty. So like, you're that already you know in a yeah. different class and i was like what yeah <laughs> get no, sign what do i sense. sign up and yeah <laughs> it was the best decision i ever made though it was a, it was an absolute blast you know what i mean
1: no and i honestly didn't know a whole lot about honor guard until like knowing you and you sharing like all of these stories um so yeah when i think of honor guard i mean i think of you which is cool but <laughs> that is cool you
0: should totally do it at your base do it
1: yeah that would be neat yeah
0: you would be so good at that you need to do it okay actually you're kind of tall too you could just be air force on guard how tall are you
1: oh gosh five six Okay. I think I need to be taller.
0: No, that's the minimum height for females. Oh really? So you're right there.
1: Gotcha. And I know that because I'm five, six
0: and I, they kept telling me you're the minimum height for females. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) you? That's funny. I'm also the same height as Tom Cruise, though. And he beats up everybody. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. We're going to roll into our second topic here. Mentors. That's it. Just says mentors
1: Mentors, yes
0: why is that near and dear to your heart
1: yes um because you know i don't think i would have gotten obviously to where i am today without having mentors um and you know i've had a few good supervisors but unfortunately i've had you know not the greatest supervisors too um so yeah i think just having those good mentors those um you know, like networking type thing, um, seeing outside of my career field, seeing air force, um, just at different levels and even like, yeah, the, a whole picture, um, rather than, yeah. And I feel like, cause med group were so different, um, you know, than just, yeah, a lot of other air force, um, jobs and, and shops and whatnot. Um, but no, and and one of my um, mentors now, um, you know, made a good point that, you know, obviously have good relationships with your supervisors, but your mentors, you know, they're, they can help in other ways too that, you know, maybe your supervisor can't. And, you know, it's very important um, to have that. So, I mean, I'm still learning all of those things too, but.
0: So speaking about mentors, like, do you have one that like really intervened and helped you in any particular part of your life? Like any person that you want to give a shout out to and and tell us a story about them?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so I guess someone that really stands out would be um, that retired chief uh, back at Barksdale when I came back from my deployment, um, Liz um, Milan. Um, yeah, because I struggled quite a bit coming back Um, and then, you know, yeah, coming back from deployment and then going straight into this, um, 12 OEY, um, yeah. Dealing with, you know, PTSD, um, TBI just, you know, and I was really, really, I think that was my lowest point in my life. I was really depressed, um, and yeah, she, you know, she was there, um, you know, and, and just helped me navigate, you know, things. And I think it was really nice, you know, her knowing the air force up to a chief level and seeing, you know, you know, a strong female chief too. Um, yeah, no, she, she helped me very greatly. Wow. Career. That's
0: awesome. So when you said you're at your lowest point, was that, so I'm guessing the the 12 outstanding airman of the year <clears throat> was after that deployment, right? Yes. I'm guessing that that deployment and what happened was part of what led to being a 12 Outstanding Airman of the Year because it was, you know, an incredible thing that you went through. So they went hand in hand, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so that low point, was that before or after that 12 OAY experience? I was just curious.
1: Um, it was during during and after um, winning. Yeah.
0: During and after. Wow. I wouldn't expect that. I would have expected like either before or way after, but, you know, being through the experience myself, I found it like super uplifting, which that's what they're trying to do. Right. They're trying to encourage you and and give you that spotlight. Um, so what about the experience and afterwards, you know, given that they're trying to make it this life-changing experience for you, what a how did you get to a dark moment during an experience that's trying to do the exact opposite
1: yeah um i think you know going into it you know especially being you know a single airman um and and one you know i hadn't been in that long so i didn't even know you know i'd never won an award let alone even knew this existed um And, you know, some of these, you know, I guess positions I was being put in, especially with speaking, you know, because a lot of people did want to know, you know, about my deployment, you know, and I was still trying to figure that out and, you know, process those feelings, you know, and then, you know, with my TBI as well, I, you know, dealing with, you know, my memory and speaking just was not good for me. Uh, or I, you know, I was just very hard on myself, um, at the time. And, um, yeah. And even like my peers, you know, so coming back from deployment, I feel like, yeah, people didn't really know how to talk to me per se. And then having this award on top of it, I feel like pushed people even further, you know, away. Um, And then, yeah, with my PTSD, I was, you know, pushing family away, pushing friends away. And so I just isolated myself. Um, And yeah, so looking back now, you know, it makes me really sad because I think it was such an amazing opportunity that, you know, it's like a once in a lifetime thing. And, you know, I wish I would have been able to, you know, to share it more with others and appreciate it more and, You know, whereas I do think I took a lot out of it. Obviously now it would, you know, it'd be just very different than, than where I was, was at. Um, So it's one of those
0: things where it's like, the reason that you won is ironically, the reason that you couldn't fully enjoy it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, being part of the twelve OAY, like you have this like canned speech that they want you to like nail down. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, this is what you're gonna say. This is a picture we're gonna show, and so you 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 kind of become a spokesperson that year, um, and so like it kind of put you in a in a spot to talk. Like part of your story was that deployment. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So you know you're not even done processing the situation. You have, you're dealing with PTSD for the first time in your life. Right. You're, you're having, you know, brain injury symptoms. So like, you're starting to not even know who you are anymore. Right. And on top of all that, you have to like be the face of the Air Force. Right. And like, absolutely kill it. Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah, when you put it like that, that that's tough. That's very tough. Because yeah. like, it's not like you can just retreat.
1: Right. Yes. And I feel like everyone is looking at you and towards you and, you know, and I, you know, and I had some of that like survivor guilt too. And I was, you know, I felt really bad because, um, you know, all the medics that I was deployed with, I felt like we were all equally deserving of this. So then I, you know, just, yeah, had all this guilt for winning the award. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, yeah, processing everything, and yeah, it was just a very isolating experience
0: for me. Did the, um, just like my friend uh, Alan Cherry, who, Maybe. you know, was put on this pedestal and then didn't live up to, like, this God level, like, they thought he was going to come in and just just change the world, and he's just this yeah. normal dude, and they're like, you know, like, I remember them even criticizing him about his PT test score. They're like, he didn't even get a hundred. Like I thought he was a 12. And it's like, yeah, they're just so bitter about it. And they didn't even know him. And I was like, wow, this is like really weird behavior. I thought, did you experience any of that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I definitely felt like I did. Um, cause I think people want to know, like, why or how, how would you get this award? Um, you know, and maybe some, maybe some jealousy, maybe some like bitterness or some hate towards it. Not sure. Um, but you know that, yeah, they just start looking at you and if you're not perfect in every way, they're like, well, then how would you, how would you get that? Cause you have to be perfect to get that. And, um, yeah, but I think I also took that to heart and, you know, I'm like, okay, like I have, to, Well, obviously I can't be <laughs> like this perfect person. Um, but one thing that stood out was I was taking my, um, what my EOC for my five level test, I think it was my, no, maybe it was my seven level. Um, but anyways, I think I scored in like the eighties. So I mean not a great score, not a terrible score. Um, but yeah, I had a senior NCO, you know, they're like, well, this isn't a score that, you know, a 12 OAY should be getting. And I was like, but it's a passing score, you know. Um mm. but yeah, I just think
0: <laughs> that's hard. to Slap that yeah. person for saying that because my God, <laughs> that is just oh. I hate that. Um and I I've I've I won't go into how I've experienced that myself, but I have experienced that myself. Yeah. And I don't think that it's the most bizarre thing to think that or to have accomplishments that would make you a great and valued member of of any new team. And then to get the opposite reaction, that is like super jarring. You know what I mean? And super toxic. So it's kind of like, Immediate red flags. Like you should be happy I'm on this team, but yet you're like, you don't want me here because of this accomplishment. It's like,
1: yeah,
0: it's a red flag. It's a red flag and it needs to stop because my yeah. God. Yeah, right. I've dealt with it myself. Not on your level, obviously, because yeah, you had sure the, you have. you've had the award. You know what I mean? But um, I have experienced it on a smaller scale, and I just thought. This is crazy. Like, this is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like, how are we gonna win a war if like we're angry at people who are successful on our own team?
1: Yes. You know. Agreed.
0: Well, thank you for sharing all that. Of course. Okay, so we're gonna go into the last topic here. Okay, so it's suicidal thoughts and plans, and getting mental health help and TBI therapy. Yes, thoughts
1: sure um so yeah i think i I talked a little bit about it already, so my um my worst time was after my deployment um you know twelve o a y time shortly after there um and yeah, i felt i was yeah definitely very, very lost um and yeah, having suicidal thoughts, um, and even I guess kind of attempts at that point, not well plans, I guess I should say, um, to to follow that through. Um, and you know, if it wasn't for um that airman that I deployed with, um, and um, you know, this retired chief that, you know, would check in with me from time to time and see how I was doing. Cause yeah, like at that point I just I isolated myself, but I also feel like that deployment and that award also kind of led into that isolation as well. Um, and you know, I feel like once I PCS, um, cause I was also afraid I should say to go and seek help for this. So I actually waited a really long time. Um, but, um, yeah, I got I got orders um to PCS. I actually um, you know, I got married. Um and so I felt like that kind of helped get out of that that you know depression, but it was still there. Um and so Whiteman was kind of challenging for me, um, you know, coming from that. But I actually had to go there TDY, um, part of this 12 OAY thing you know, so I was hoping to PCS and kind of leave that like a new fresh start, but I, that followed me there. Um, and shortly after, um, my husband at the time, um, did not end up staying in the military. And then that caused for some resentment and just our relationship wasn't good. Um, so we got divorced. So it's just like, you know, all of these things. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots of, yeah, long periods of depression. Um, and I found out I was pregnant um, with my daughter shortly after we we separated. Um, and I think that was, you know, a turning point because I'm like, now I'm like, I have this, you know, child to, to think about and to live for and, you know, to do well for. Um, and then it was actually, it took, um, me PCSing here. I found out that there was um, a TDI clinic um, and that um, person that I deployed with that helped me um, at Barksdale, she actually was here. Um, so I got to see her again, reconnect. And she told me, she's like, I think it's time. I think it's time that you, you open up um, and you let some of these things out and so yeah i'm currently going to mental health i think it's great i wish i would have gone a long time ago i feel like the military from you know my opinion and what i experienced um i feel like the military has grown in, in a fact that we're more accepting to you know people seeking out mental health and there's more resources now um which makes me really happy but also kind of sad that that didn't wasn't so much a thing you know, when mm-hmm. I needed it the most. Um, but yeah. And I, you know, I hope that others see that, you know, it's good and you don't necessarily need to have like, you know, huge traumas or, you know, huge problems. You know, I, there's times that I'll go and, and yeah, to mental health, just like, Oh, I have some stressors in my life. Or even if I don't have anything, I'm happy just to have someone yeah to talk to and, and get that outsider's, um, perspective of of things but
0: no you're absolutely right um we never in no scenario do we sit down and talk about ourselves to a professional for an hour like that we never do that that's the only time that we would do that and like I feel like when you're in that position and you're searching for the like how you really felt like I've kind of learned from my own you know mental health journey that like I was avoiding like an insane amount of things to talk about, think about or feel about mm-hmm. until I was until I was the focus of the conversation I kind of had to think about it for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, so there's definitely. just so much we like hide from ourselves and I think just just I call it having it the cur- having the courage to say it out loud. That's what I call it. Yes. And I think Just that in itself is healing in in a sort. you know what I mean?
1: No, 100%. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's not like some, I guess before like therapy, I pictured it like some magic trick or something. I I don't know. (laughs) I I didn't realize like there's healing in just you saying it. Like there might not even necessarily be some go-to solution or some answer. Sometimes they tell you, oh, I don't, yeah you can't fix that or I don't have an answer for that, but it's really just you working through it and, and having to say it out loud.
1: Yeah, no. And I think that's what helped has helped me. um, Maybe even the most is just, you know, acknowledging, you know, these things that have happened. um, Yeah. And just getting them out, talking about them, like they're no longer weighing me down. Um, Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I, I, I would have, never have thought that, you know, the the you that I've met and the you that I know now was that low. Like that's, you know, that's, that's kind of heartbreaking to me because you're such a, a positive, like when I met you, you were just this like positive, like ball of light for us all. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, that's just what I saw on the outside, obviously, but yeah, it, it breaks my heart to know that, you know, that you went through all that. Only to feel that low, like I, that, that breaks my heart to hear that. Um, So I'm, I'm very thankful that, that you're, you're here, that, you know, you're thriving. You have this beautiful family um, going on these gorgeous hikes and all this exploration. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like the, the pictures that you post, it's like a freaking movie poster.
1: No, Alaska. Definitely. Yes. That's <laughs> not just
0: Alaska. It's y'all, y'all's family too. Y'all got like, no. a
1: Thank you. Y'all
0: could be like a Eddie Bauer, like <laughs> Thanks. magazine ad.
1: Oh, that's safe for y'all.
0: Maybe. I don't you. know. I don't think I'm on y'all's level, but we're trying. I'm trying. Oh, but you. um, thank you for sharing that for real. uh, It's, you know, I started, I saw like a general put on his calendar that he was in therapy and then he put it on Facebook. And they're like, "Whoa, this general said he was in therapy. Like he, he, he shared that with his team. Like, whoa, it was kind of like a crazy thing. And then I started doing that because of that. Like with my own team, like I, I tell people that that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause I was like, you know what? That guy's kind of onto something. Like if I'm hiding where I'm going. Yeah. Like that's kind of like a shameful thing to do. Yeah you like, no, like it, it makes it more taboo for me to have to hide where I'm going. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of how I saw it. So I was like, you know what, screw that. Like, I'm just going to put where I'm going and yeah, just, no, just and so they I, can see it, you know,
1: I agree with you. And I think it took me a bit to get to that point too, because I was very, embarrassed, I guess, to, you know, say that I'm, you know, going to mental health, or, you know, I put appointment that way they, you know, no one knew where I was going. Um, And, you know, now I've gotten, um, it's, yeah, easier, I guess, to share, I'm more comfortable with it. Um, But yeah, one of my airmen the other day, you know, he was like, you go to mental health? I said, yeah, like, you know, anyone you should be going or could be going to, to mental health. Um, I feel like anyone could benefit, you know, some of the coping skills that they have, it goes for anyone. Um, but yeah, that kind of caught me aback too. Cause I was like, Oh, well, why not share that? I'm going there. It's not, yeah, nothing to be shameful. Definitely. Um, but no, I think that's awesome.
0: For sure. So has your, <clears throat> since you're having specifically, there's a TBI clinic there. There's one here at Eglin too, which is, is really yeah. cool. They're doing like art therapy and like, yes. like all, like just like all sorts of like stuff. I'm like, man, y'all are doing amazing yes. things. Um, Yeah. How has it helped you?
1: Yeah. So um, I actually, um, yeah, I do the art therapy um, and speech therapy, which is kind of opened my mind um, too. So um, and so she helps me with like speeches and my memory and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that's been fun. Um, and yeah, I didn't know art therapy was even something available to us. Um, and it's helped in a way that, you know, if I don't feel like talking about something, she has, you know, I guess, kind of like assignments that I'll do. Um, and then obviously at the end, then she'll be like, so why did you like draw this in this place? And then it kind of opens me up to talk um, more rather than just having to sit across from someone and yeah, tell them my thoughts and feelings, but.
0: Oh, wow. what What is speech therapy? I know for children what it is obviously, but I, I don't know like what to picture for an adult when I hear speech therapy.
1: Yeah. Um, which I didn't either. And cause I'm like, what, yeah, what am I going to get out of this? Um, so, um, right now what we've been doing is, you know, because I struggle with, with speech, especially memorizing them. Um, for example, you know, like air force, they want you to, you know, say speeches a certain way. And I struggle with that a lot. Um, so, you know, she'll bring me or I'll bring to her, like the scripts or whatnot, and then we'll just do them over and over and over again. Um, One to help me get, yeah, like more comfortable, but also work towards my memory and whatnot um, for it.
0: So it's literally like performing it with them coaching you through it.
1: Right. Yes. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm an off the cuff speaker, but like, I guess that's why I struggle with honor guard because that's, it's, it's supposed to look a certain way.
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: I'm so the opposite naturally. Like I'm, I do everything spontaneously and off the cuff. And when I have to do it a certain way, like that's where I struggle. And, uh, and so like, that's, that's kind of where I chose to focus on, on myself. But it's, it is interesting to hear, you know, when you think someone's amazing at something and then they're like, oh yeah, I'm struggling at this. Like I, I never would have thought speech would, you know, or saying Like talking seems to be one of your like your really strong points. So, so we're gonna go into the end of the hero's gauntlet. These are questions more towards you uh, and your story and your background, not just random run of the mill questions. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna to to exit. You have to get through the. You have to leave the hero's gauntlet. Oh gosh. (laughs) So here we go. All right. What was the most challenging moment in your Air Force career that we did not discuss in this conversation?
1: Um, I guess going back to my deployment, um, there, there, I mean, there was a lot of excitement, um, as, um, yeah, an A1C, like going on this deployment, like I've barely been in the air force. Um, you know, I get to do these, you know, awesome things. Um, but I think, you know, the pressure that came with that too, and, Um, you know, going through the training, I found out a little bit what we'd be doing. We'd be, you know, like the solo medic out there on these convoys. Um, and, you know, but I think it really sank in, um, like the first convoy I went on being that sole medical, you know, person there, like these people are looking at you, um, potentially save their life, um, so I think, I guess not like a struggle or not necessarily like, like in a negative light, but it was just a lot of pressure. Um
0: Yeah. It made it, yeah. it made it very real. And like, you're basically like, right. like someone in your shoes on, on the situation you were in, you're basically a doctor. Like that's, that's how they see you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And so like at base level, you're like, Oh, you, you know, you, you're the airman who weighs me and checks my <laughs> blood pressure yeah. and, and and types my, ask me what medications I'm on. And then when you're deployed, like you're all of a sudden, like you're looked at as a doctor and they're like, if something goes down, like you are the one doing like a tourniquet or, you know, whatever, right. like, but you're that person. And it's like, it, yeah, I could see how that would be like, very real and, and very yeah. scary. Yeah. Wow. No, that's a great answer, especially just to think of it off the cuff like that. I was like, <laughs> we talked about a lot of stuff. Like I don't
1: oh. kind of felt bad
0: asking that. I was like, oh that, oh, that might be hard, but no, you, that was great.
1: Thank you.
0: Okay. Here's one I want to know. This is the second question. Okay. What is the retired breed doing with her life?
1: Oh gosh. Um so the retired brie will hopefully um be an RN um nurse. Um and so my favorite place at um I guess I shouldn't necessarily say that but I I think I would really like like the ICU. Um just you know the critical thinking, um the type of patient care there. Um but now working in Peds it's kind of opened my eyes a bit. Um, cause I never really saw myself working in, I mean, it's you know, Pete's clinic. Um, but I really like it. Um, so hopefully maybe potentially someday working like in a PICU, NICU or yeah, but nurse for sure.
0: Wow. No, I, I love that. I can definitely picture you working with children. Like you, you seem like you would be great at that. So All right, here's the last question before we end the interview. All right. What does having a Purple Heart mean to you? And have you ever used the story of receiving the Purple Heart to mentor someone who needed to hear that story?
1: In that moment, like I was injured. It doesn't really mean how well I perform my job. It didn't mean really anything when it comes to, you know, me working hard towards anything. Um, and that's why I think, yeah, like that combat medic badge, um, holds a lot of weight to me is because like, you know, I had to earn that to, by, you know, performing and doing my job. Um, but I also know that, you know, it's, it's a unique, um, I guess award to have, especially being air force and, um. I guess kind of medical and as a female too because I never thought I would be deployment at that point as like an A1c um so you know I've let them know that you never know where your path is going to take you um so don't think that a deployment or you know going for um like a special duty or anything like that don't think it's out of the question um and because like right now, TCCC, Um we, yeah, we go through that class here and, you know, you'll see some airmen, they're like, this will never happen to me. Um, You know, this is good information, but how is that, you know, going towards my life? I'm like, I wish we had things like that. Like, absolutely. You, yeah, you never know um when you could be in these situations. Use
0: the story of what yeah. happened to you to get their attention to say, hey, I didn't think anything would happen either. And yet right. this is what happened.
1: Right. But no, it's definitely not something that I will typically um, bring up. I mean, if they ask about it, I might say, yes, like that's what I've been awarded. But I feel like there's a lot more that I could talk about than than having a Purple Heart.
0: I think what I'm most proud of you of with the purple heart, cause I, I get what you're saying. Like <clears throat> the situation drove you getting it right. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that was at, all of that was out of your hands. So yeah, I, I get why that is a, a different medal, unlike any other one. Cause it was a, it's completely out of your hands. Right. Right. But I think what, take away from like why I'm impressed with it is because you're you're wearing it as you know a tech sergeant active duty female you're wearing it like you have it and you're still here there's a lot of folks who you know didn't uh want to stay in you know you know nothing against them but it's it's hard to go through something like that And then stay in, especially with PTSD and everything. I mean, some people get triggered from like the uniform after stuff, after events, you know. Definitely. Um and so I what I take away from the purple heart and why I'm proud of you for for it is because you're still wearing it. You're active duty, female who has this beautiful family, and yet, you know, who I would assume that you're this that you've just had this perfect life, right? That you've just things just landed in your lap and, and you just lucked out. That's what I would assume looking at you because it looks that way. But then I see that you have a purple heart and I'm like, holy cow, what? So that's, that's what I take away from it. It's, it's that you've moved on with your life in such a positive way. And it wasn't easy, but you did do it and you are doing it and you're living proof of that. And I think that is like incredible.
1: Thank you. Thank you for
0: that. Definitely. All right, Bree. So that's it. That's you, hey, you passed. You got through it.
1: Yay. Yeah, you did it.
0: Congrats <laughs> to you. you.
1: Just yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, no, I've been super nervous about it because I'm like, oh, some of these things are like, you know, very um personal. But I'm just no, so grateful to have this opportunity. Um, and I was shocked that you would even ask me. Um And so now I'm just very thankful.
0: That's awesome. A lot of people ask me like, well, where where are these, do these people find you? I'm like, no, I know pretty much every single person. Like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've always paid attention to people. So like every person is, is someone from my life that I've come across, you know, including you. So, um, thank you. Thank you for being the example, for encouraging everybody with your story. No one asked you to do that. Um, and yet you do it because you know you've gone through it and you felt isolated and you felt alone and you know that that message reaching other people that are feeling that way will, will help you know let them know that they're not alone so thank you Bree you're freaking awesome loved talking with you I, I, this is one of the longest talks i've ever had especially this late because i i truly just loved talking to you it was great so thank you so much Bree for your time and and sharing all that with us Of course. Thank you. What's going on, everyone? Josh White here, and welcome to the end of the episode. First of all, thank you so much for listening to that episode with Brie McConnell in its entirety. Love her. She's so freaking awesome, so inspiring, and I'm so proud of her. Here's what I have to say about the episode, Um, my afterthoughts, you know, kind of what I was left with. So, you know, with Brie, I was very taken aback by her ability to have this purple heart, have this trauma, have a traumatic brain injury, uh, memorization issues, depression, anxiety, etc. And even through all that, she has a smile on her face and she's still wearing the uniform and she's still serving. And not many people can go through something so traumatic mentally and physically as Bree did and still wear the uniform and serve to this day. And that, that part of it... Just blows me away. Um, very proud of Brie for doing that. And, and it's very inspiring and puts my own life issues and struggles in perspective. So thank you, Brie, for providing that to me. So if you haven't already done so, please go to HeroFrontPodcast.com. Go to reviews and leave one. Or even better, leave one on Apple Podcasts and then I'll transfer it over to my website. Either way... Super appreciate it. Now, I'm, I'm going to read one right now. This is one of the earlier reviews that I got, and it's from Corey DeShames, who is a former Marine. And he says, This podcast brings mental health awareness to another level. The perspective of our fellow troops put into the spotlight makes it truly one of a kind to enjoy. Semper Fi. And after that, he throws up the Shaka Bro. Twice, and then a hundred, and then a fire. So thank you, Corey. Corey is the brother of my best friend, Master Sergeant Ronnie Deshanes. Corey is a phenomenal guy who is incredibly talented. Love you so much, man. Thank you so much for those kind words. All right, well that about wraps it up. I told you what I loved about Bree. I told you what I loved about Corey, and I salute you, and I owe you a hug. And the next time I see you, I want you to tell me how many hugs I owe you, and we'll get after it. Until next time.